Hi, and welcome to the Your Good News podcast with me, your host, Catherine Getty. It's easy to leave the news around us that the world is dark and the future is the same. But what if we chose something different? What if we chose to find the good news in each day? This podcast is a collection of interviews with friends, mentors, colleagues on their good news, and some solo episodes on inspiration I find. From business to health to politics and kind of everything in between, it's my hope you leave with a boost and find your good news. Welcome, welcome back. Today, I am joined by Dr. Nicole Roberts. Nicole serves as the executive director of Feed a Billion, an international nonprofit that feeds girls all around the world to prevent exploitation, as well as she's the founder of Health and Human Rights Strategies, a healthcare and human rights focus advising firm in Washington, D.C. Roberts is also the host of the Global Good podcast, which is how I first found her. I was looking for others kind of creating in this space of knowing there's good out there and wanting to highlight it. I've loved listening to her episodes. If you haven't already, go check it out, the Global Good podcast. And in this episode, we delve into her experience and what led her to creating a podcast. It's truly fascinating. And we touch on how it's really hard sometimes to create, how we don't want it to feel like a positivity podcast. We kind of go back and forth on, on that and how we have to remember why we started when times get tough. And I think that lesson can apply to if you have a podcast, if you're in the middle of a dark season, if you're working towards a goal. Nicole also discusses her hopes for the future and how we can reframe those tough times. Without further ado, my interview with Dr. Nicole Roberts. Welcome back to another episode of the Your Good News Podcast. I am so honored to have on our next guest. I got to share a little bit in the intro, but Nicole, like I start every episode, what is your good news? Uh, that we're finally doing this. I am so I excited. <laughs> we we uh, have podcasts that are very different, and yet mine is the Global Good Podcast, and you have your good news And so they share these synergies about good that's happening in the world and, you know, interviews. And I'm just thrilled that they have finally come together. Uh, I'm also sharing good news for people who live in Washington, D.C., that we finally have spring. It only took until May. (laughs) I, I echo that. I, as a fellow Washingtonian, and we found this out when we were starting to get to know each other. I was like, you're in D.C.? I'm in D.C.? But the weather changing is just, it helps It helps my mood so much. It's been cold, dreary for a very long time in D.C. And also our mm-hmm. our schedules are at, were at odds for such a long time. And you, I'm just so honored and so excited to get to share this because like you said, there is so much synergy in what we're doing. And that is, that's kind of what brings us here today. Yeah. So I have, I have lots of questions for you and I know you've got some for me. Yes. So I know, you know, late last year I began to kind of set the foundation. I, I started looking for others that were creating in that same space, creating good or trying to tackle the idea that there is no good out there and dispelling it. And I have loved learning and listening to the Global Good podcast. And I just, I think there's so much kind of we can share of 
our journeys to, to launching podcasts, our ideas behind it. And I think it's so much fun to kind of highlight that there, there are other people doing or having the same feelings you're having about that there's good out there and we need to highlight it. I think that's exactly right. When did you start your show? So I started in July of 2021. That is when it first launched. But the idea was a pandemic idea. I, I like everyone, I was stuck inside and I kept taking in the news. And the news, as everyone remembers, was really dark. It was really scary. It didn't feel like there was any light at the end of the tunnel. And I don't know where it kind of came, but it was like, there's got it. We got to highlight that there's a little good in each day. Um, and that's kind of where the idea was born, but it took a lot of courage to finally pull the trigger and, and do it because I think I got in my own way and we can talk about that too. But how did your kind of mm -hmm. podcast start as well? Uh, remarkably similar. In fact, I think our first episode was also July of 2021. The genesis was a little different, but similar. I had actually pitched this idea to National Geographic. And I mean, I went like, like I shot for the moon, right? And I went to Nat Geo and to your point, essentially just said, I think people are thirsty for something good. And at that time, I, I run a human rights firm and I worked in lots of different countries. And I was like, I know people all over the world who are just doing remarkable work. And I'd love to do like a travel kind of show while people can't travel and, and talk about just people doing good all over the world. The original pitch for the show, though, happened in January of 2020. Uh, fast forward about eight weeks and they obviously were like the conversation died and it was my husband who said, you should just turn it into a podcast while people can't travel. And I said, no, actually, I was like, that's a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> there are so many podcasts, saturated market. The whole point is travel. And then, yeah, I guess around July or, or book slightly before I said, maybe it could be a podcast. He was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> so we just decided to make it a sort of a group project. It's the first thing we've ever done, you know, working together of sorts. You've done a lot more than we have though. We, we started out with 10 episodes and then I took a pause to sort of regroup and figure out what's working, what's not. And so talking to you, this is we're coming in as like sort of our relaunch. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. I I love like learning more about kind of the genesis. And I think it's funny that we started at similar timeframes because, you know, I think it was not always an easy choice to say, okay, I'm going to choose to find the good. There are days where it is really difficult to find the good. Um, but there's always, I always say there's always one thing, maybe it's the air in our lungs, or it's waking up in the morning, there's got to be one good thing because it changes our the way we view the world. And I love listening to your the stories on the global good because I feel like I get a peek into good that's happening around the world that's not always highlighted on the news. You know, the news is sometimes very dark. So how have you kind of shifted your focus on finding these stories? Has it been through, you know, all the amazing work with Feed a Billion, which you're an executive director of this amazing nonprofit? 
and your experiences, like how did you kind of find these stories and continue to? So ours is a combination. Um, it started the first few, which is also why we did 10 to start with and then, you know, took a time out. The first few were people I already knew, people I have worked with in different countries, nonprofits or organizations that I know their track record. I know their decades of history, their body of work, people I knew that I could trust because that's part of this key to not only building like a podcast audience, but in my case and in your case, if I can speak for you in a way, you know, by finding the good, you also have to make sure that you're authentic and you're sticking to the truth. And, you know, the moment someone or something turns out to not be accurate or not be what you say, the credibility has gone. And, and so the, just the diligence that has to go into the guests and the organizations, it is a much heavier lift than I ever could have predicted. But so those first few guests were people I already had very long-standing relationships with, and I knew their track record. From there, we have gotten pitches. We've got, I mean, there's been some ridiculous things, but for the most part, the emails and tweets and things that we get, they literally leave me going, holy shit, I had no idea that someone was tackling this problem or doing this, or they say, hey, our organization is dealing with X and Y, and we're doing it in you know this way. And I'm like, I never heard someone approach it that way. That's so creative or unique. And it then becomes excitement on, on my end. And of course mm-hmm. we dig in, we find out more. And that process has been a lot harder and more time consuming than I ever could have known. But it's also been kind of magical to see the, uh, to your point, like the good people are doing and they're eager to share their work, the organizations they work with, or their friends' work. It's it's been really inspiring. Like it actually gives me hope. And you mentioned that, you know, there's the news. You you specifically talked about like the news and sort of the doom and gloom. How do you find that little bit of good every day, particularly on the hard days? And then how do you pick people and stories? Do they inspire you? And that's why you choose to talk about them, or is it things that your audience suggests? How does that work? Nicole, really, really great question. Similar to how you started, I definitely first started with folks that I was inspired by that were kind of in my community and I had had known for a while and I felt comfortable recording with because I think I was very, not I think I was, I was very nervous to launch this launch this little engine that could, I I like to call the Your Good News Podcast. So it started with friends. And then I would just ask the guests, hey, do you know someone who inspires you? And then I would learn a little bit about them, reach out to them, see if it was a really good fit. To your point, it is far more time consuming to find the right fit than I imagined. And it's a labor of love. I I so enjoy getting to meet. I mean, we got to meet because I just started Googling good and podcast into Instagram. I mean, thank you, social media, for bringing (laughs) us together. I mean, (laughs) but I think it's like 
it's a it's now kind of a mixture of hey I've had you on I'd love to continue this do you know somebody um and then also just seeing in the news and reaching out cold to people I'll reach out to just about anyone and and see and see if they want to share their good news and share and to your point I think earlier I really have always tried to think about it as choosing the good news versus a toxic view of being positive all the time because oftentimes on this podcast, we talk about sometimes some really hard things. And I think the way I say choosing good is like there's some good. I know in my own experience, I sometimes don't see the good immediately, but I learn from it and I try to find that good because I feel like if I'm coming from that mindset of I'm choosing something versus it's happening to me, I show up a lot better for myself and for those around me and for the podcast. That was a really long-winded answer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. And and it I had the weirdest memory when you were talking about choosing the good. I had a stepmom when I was young. This is so random. And I forget she she was very religious. And she was reading something one day and she was talking about, I don't know why, but trees and like roots and being in one place. And it was something biblical. I have no idea. In my little kid brain, I just remember thinking like, if I were a tree, I couldn't move. And that night she said she would much like you. She just had this lovely view of the world. And she said something like, you know, tell me something good that happened in your day. And I remember just going, I'm not a tree. It's really good. My day's good because I can walk around and move. And (laughs) she's like, what? And I I don't know why that just popped into my head, but I loved that over dinner, she would ask me, tell me something good. And in that particular day, whatever happened in my little kid world, I just remember being so thankful. I wasn't a tree because I could move around. (laughs) I mean... It's such a nice thought though. It is such a nice thought. And I feel like as a fellow Washingtonian, you'd appreciate, you know, I love cherry blossoms, but I wouldn't want to be a tree. Um, And I know everyone's thinking, okay, is this now an Arbor Day podcast because it was just Arbor Day? It is not. But I think it's so right that it's, it, it can be the, whatever strikes your heart or your mind about being good, you know, with not hurting people. If, if people think yeah, that that's it good. It be the smallest, silliest thing. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I like that a lot. What has been like one of the biggest kind of learning lessons? Has it been just finding the guests? Has it been creating this podcast that you kind of imagined as a show? Like what has been some a lesson you've kind of taken out of creating the Global Good podcast? There have been a lot of lessons. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> want to hear your your response to this. You, yes, I mean, there's the time commitment part. There's, you know, the thoughtfulness that goes into it. Listeners, viewers, I, unless they do a show, I don't think anyone can truly, like many situations, know how much work and energy and time go into something. But beyond that, I didn't realize how, I don't, know that it's completely limited, but how limiting a podcast would be in terms of my creativity. Mm. I love writing. And so I write for a couple online sites and a couple magazines. 
all about health and public health and the sort of spaces I work in. And since I started the podcast, I've only written twice. And for me, it's been this really strange, like I only have so much creative juice to give. And once I moved it to the podcast, it just didn't feel like there were thoughts or energy or creativity left to write. Fascinating. Um, And that, yeah, it was a trade-off I never expected. And it's been very eye-opening to me about a use of my time because I thought, oh, I'll double dip. If I interview someone, I can then write about it as well as have the, like, I just, I don't know. I guess the beginning, I thought one could be like 20 different things. And for me, it really isn't. Something else I've learned, I really want to hear from you, your experiences with this are kind of that energy piece again, but then also the confidence. I did not know how much confidence I needed to start a show, even on the episodes like this one that are audio and not video, just sharing your thoughts, your ideas, putting them out there for the world to do whatever they want with, to be honest, is terrifying. And so the energy that goes into crafting, you know, who will the guest be? What story are we telling? How do I make sure they're getting all the, you know, the listeners are getting the action items they need to go out in the world and do good with this information. That amount of energy and pressure, by the time I hit publish, whether it's a video podcast episode or just an audio I am exhausted from it. And even something as small as making a tweet, it feels like it just takes all this energy that I don't have. I'm like, I'm done with this. It's taken (laughs) so much of my life. Uh, And it just, I did not know how vulnerable, I guess is the word I would use, starting a show could be. Even one that is about doing good. I'm not even taking like, hot political takes out to the, you know, masses. I, 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 I was shocked uh, and I still am. I'm furiously nodding. You can't see that, but I'm furiously nodding on, I mean, both of the points. I think the creativity and energy piece, it is, as you were saying that, I started thinking about different times and trade-offs I've made of like, no, I want to spend three hours on a Saturday to invite guests, to create content, to record the intros and outros that I was supposed to record or whatever it may be. And how sometimes I feel at odds with that because I'm like, oh, I really do want to go to this social thing. Or I'd love to just watch that new show on Netflix. (laughs) But I always think about at the end of like, and it's conversations like this, I feel so happy and excited that I get the opportunity to, to talk about these things and share these things and trying to to bottle up this feeling when I'm like, I don't have the idea of what I'm going to title the podcast this week, or I don't know how to describe the conversation, or I have no idea what would be the next great piece of the podcast. So I totally agree. And I think for listeners, there's probably something in your life, may it be a podcast, may it be a project that you're thinking about, okay, well, I'm having to make these trade-offs. And Nicole, I won't speak for you, but it's like remembering how good it feels to put that finished product out there. It does feel good. Once you get to publish, you're like, okay, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But I think to your second point on the vulnerability and the confidence piece, my confidence has grown so much through creating this podcast. It was, if I'm being really honest, something I had kind of struggled with growing into my confidence and saying I'm proud of myself or saying that I'm really excited about a project that I'm working on. And it has grown with it. And I think that it has helped me be more vulnerable, the confidence piece, because you're right. Sometimes I'm talking about, you know, in the past I've talked about my eating disorder. And that is a thing that I didn't really share with a lot of people in my life. And then friends started listening. They're like, I had no idea that this was a part of your story. And I was like, probably should have told you along the way. <laughs> but I think it it is, it's funny, you know, you put yourself out there with a podcast and I, and it's like, okay, I'm doing this, you know, weekly, but I'm still afraid to put my face on Instagram. That seems yes. silly saying it out loud, but it's, you know, the next frontier of being, of getting out there and getting outside of my own comfort zone, which I think is a good thing. I think it's, this podcast has challenged me in a really good way. And I think that there's so much that I can learn from it. And I'm just excited to kind of see like, what is going to be the next thing that kind of terrifies me? I don't know. That sounds terrible, but it's why I ran a half marathon this weekend because I was scared to do it. So if it's not scaring me, Congratulations. It's weird to even say it out loud, Nicole. I can't believe I did it. <laughs> but That's amazing. Well, I am so excited to hear you say your confidence has grown. I'm not there yet. I'm still in the sort of terrified phase. I think it's getting better, but I've not had that breakthrough yet. So it's really, it, it's also inspiring for me and I'm sure others to hear like, there has been a breakthrough. It's not always rainbows and butterflies. I will say that though. Like there are days where I'm like, <laughs> why am I doing this? But I just remember the goal of this was I felt like other people shared the sentiment that there's good out there. And if we chose the good, maybe we would just be a little bit of a better people. And I just try to ground myself down into that. And there's also good in you know, you specifically spoke to like an eating disorder. That is something that is so personal and so I think misunderstood in the broader sort of public arena. And you have no idea and you'll never be able to measure, but you have no idea how many people you impact by simply speaking your truth. A hundred percent. And, and I'm sure there are people who give you positive feedback and that feels wonderful and it validates. But again, you know, back to that word vulnerable, you know, you're putting a piece of your life out there and that is very brave, but it also then sort of, I think has a real ripple effect. There are people who listen, they share and you don't even know them. You'll never meet yeah. them. They'll never talk to you. They'll never, you know, register an account and send you a tweet or something but you're still having an impact and that's awesome. Well, that's very kind of you. And I, I think it's through listening. I like first thought about launching a podcast because I was an avid podcast listener and I had so many light bulb moments. How I built this by Guy Raz was probably one of my favorite activities during the pandemic because 
I would listen to that podcast, learn about this really cool thing that someone built, the challenges, the triumphs, and everything in between. And it's like, you never know the impact you're having on somebody. So some people just need to hear it to feel like I'm a little less alone. And I think that that's, I love that our, both of our podcasts kind of give that venue of you get to learn about someone doing something and maybe hopefully, I always say it fills up your cup, but for you, maybe it's like they get to do something in their own community. Have you seen kind of throughout the creation of the first 10 and and kind of what you're thinking about next, have you seen your own sorts of ripples or have you been inspired to be like, wow, you said earlier, I didn't know they were going to approach it like this. What has been for you such a a cool moment in that creation process? The Well, earlier you used the word network. And I think my network has grown. Even just from that first sort of trial set of episodes, it's grown exponentially. One of the episodes is in Rwanda. And to tell the story about this organization and what they're doing now, and just the, the gravity of how remarkable the work is, we had to go back to the 90s and unfortunately to genocide because, you know, you've really got to frame like, where did this start and what have you accomplished? Because that's the like, wow, like it's hard to even wrap your head around how much you know these people have done. When I published that episode, I think that was the first one that I ended up reading an email later and... <laughs> None of the interns or people who are younger who work around me knew who Mary Tyler Moore was. And it broke my heart. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I'm not My kidding. heart hurts for those people. My heart hurts. Right? And one of the guys was like, hey, we got this really interesting email. Wanted to make sure. I flagged it and you saw it. His wife is this woman named Mary Tyler or something. And, and he goes on to tell me about this organization that she started before she passed. And it involves eyesight and diabetes. And, and I'm just like, wait, what? And back up for a second. And that for me was just this moment. I'm like, Mary Tyler Moore's husband reached out. He heard an episode about vision care in Rwanda and wanted to share her story and that was just mind blowing for me. Also disappointing that the people younger in the organization <laughs> did not know who she. I was so I'm still upset about it. It's like okay, yeah, first of all, I, go to Google right now. Stop all your work and then download the <laughs> entire catalog of her body of work. Uh, but yeah, it that's just an example of that episode. Honestly, at that point, had like. I want to say something like 18 listens, right? It didn't feel like I had accomplished anything with it right away. But I'm like, one of those listens was someone who forwarded that listen or that episode to someone else. And it ended up with him. And he was touched enough to reach out and tell his wife's story. Yes, she happens to be you know, someone famous. But that to me just spoke to the power of even in that moment when we were brand new, if only a few listens, you know, happened that they were touched 
enough to share. And that sharing got to someone who had their own story to tell. And that for me, even now, like I can hear it in my voice kind of choked up. Like it, it just really showed me people do want to hear good. They want to hear about other people doing good and they want to share what they're doing or what their friends are doing or what their organization is doing. So yeah, for me, that was like a pivotal moment of even if there's only a few listens, you never know who it is that's listening (laughs) and it could just change their world or something. (laughs) Nicole, I think you make a really important point that we can never really know the impacts that we're having. May that be personally or through this podcast. And so it reminds me to to remember the why. I just said reminds and remember at the same time. But I, I think remembering why I wanted to start this was shining a light on the people that are all around us, making their little corner of the world a better place and getting attached to a number just cheapens the why. It cheapens why I wanted to start it. And so I totally resonate with that. The same with trying to make it perfect. And I really struggle yeah. and I'd love to hear from you how you deal with le- not letting, I always screw the saying up, but like not letting perfect be the enemy of like done or good or whatever, yes. because you think about production and storytelling and, you know, we've had so many tech glitches just in our, <laughs> our, I'm having a conversation in the past, you know, how do you keep producing and, and let things be authentic and natural on, on your show? I think it's a really good question and I'm not, um, it's not, I am a perfectionist. Anyone listening probably knows that I have some of those tendencies, so it's not always easy, but somewhere along the line, I figured just messy action was better than inaction. Doing something was better than wondering if I was ever going to do it. And I mean, y'all, when you're listening to this podcast, it's going to sound amazing, but Nicole and I have gone through so much to get this episode because of technical issues. And it's like, it's constantly learning and constantly being okay with, it's not going to always sound the way it may be like, I'm not saying it the way I wanted to say it. And I'm learning from how I'm posing a question or learning how I'm like creating a reel and trying to be a, a youth. And I am, I am an elder millennial, but just to your point, not letting it, letting it be me and be messy and beautiful and all the things that I try to tell other people is I try to apply it to the podcast. I do better applying it to the podcast than myself. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a whole nother podcast episode, but yeah, I just, I remember that like, you know, I'll have just someone random reach out and say, I really appreciated that interview or man, I have really been needing to rest too. So thanks for the reminder. And it's, those are the points where I'm like, okay, yeah, it, I'm not screaming into the wind. This is something that's fills up my cup and I hope fills up other people's cup. And that's kind of what I try to remember. It's not always easy. Mm -hmm. It's, it's hard to sometimes not feel like, oh, I think my podcast should be at at this level. It's like, well, it's growing and that's cool. Mm -hmm. That was a long winded answer of that one, but I think all relevant. And I love what you said that messy action is better than no action. I'm going to try to apply that better. (laughs) 
to my my life and and my podcast because um you know for us I know it's been a problem like I get so hung up on trying to make something just perfect and then I miss deadlines and then I beat myself up for it and and then and all of a sudden starts to be, yeah it's a cycle and it starts to become something heavy or negative mm-hmm. and it feels like a chore as opposed to what you just described of filling your cup. Yes. And, and I'm doing it to myself. Oh yeah. So, uh, yes. I, I really love that. Messy action is better than no action. Well, I think it's like, and it can be applied to a podcast or can be applied to like a project that you're working on. We all have those things that are like important to us, but then it feels overwhelming. And so like, I borrow the messy action from a dear friend, Victoria, who always talks about like, just take one step at a time. Like don't try to eat the elephant in one bite. And so I'm like, okay, I can record the intro or I can write the outro and just, so this is just a call to like, just break it down. Take it one step at a time. Doesn't have to be perfect. It's probably not going to be perfect. So I don't know, but I feel like it's, when I started doing some goal setting a few years ago is when I really started to apply the like one step at a time. Have you found in like creating the podcast, like are there things that have helped you kind of keep your North star and keep kind of like moving along? I know you created a, an amazing group of episodes and like took a second. I was like, okay, how do I want to move forward? So how did you kind of incorporate yourself into that process? Well, actually that's a great question because what I realized in doing those first 10 and then hitting the pause button and reflecting was I actually hadn't really incorporated myself Mm. into the show. So it's so funny you use that language because um, I had a couple people actually say it to me and they said, um, we listened or we like this, we like this, but your personality doesn't come through at all. And I was shocked because I'm like, it's like, Happening it's me talking, right? Like I'm interviewing someone. Like I ask them questions, but I'm talking. And and back to your, you know, comments about like curation and things like the perfectionism. I realized I was trying so hard to follow a script or make it follow this thing I had planned, and that I didn't actually allow the realness of the conversation or when I wanted to go, why? That doesn't make any sense to me. Instead, I stuck, you know, to the thing I was supposed to ask next and then just to yeah. move it along. And I mean, you can even hear it in my voice. Like it, it just changes that sort of formality. And so we did a rebrand. So we're about to relaunch. So new <laughs> colors and cover and, you know, that kind of fun stuff. But um, the other thing that I, I learned is that because I find producing a weekly podcast so challenging with an interview of someone living somewhere in the world, that I'm actually only going to do two of those a month. And in the interim weeks, I'm going to do this, these things called diversions where we pick something that's just like fascinating. And we go, holy shit, I had no idea that someone said right in their interview. And then we're just going to spend a little like 15, 20 minute episodes sort of digging into that thing about wow, I had never thought that across every culture and generation, we all do this. How weird is that? Like, let's talk about it. Or, you know, the diversions can be really, a, I mean, they're a diversion, just yeah. about anything that sort of pops out. And so I hope 
that will be a nice new formula that allows one for my personality to come through. I also hope it allows guests to be a bit more open and informal because I'm not holding them to such a rigid structured process. And then I think just the excitement of sort of exploring a bit more will hopefully just naturally come through in the, in the show. I love that because I feel like it's like, you're kind of like two things kind of stuck out to me was this feeling. I think we all sometimes have this feeling of we need to know the next step and we need to follow a rule book and we need to go the way another podcast has gone. Or if you're doing another project, the way someone else has done the project, but it sounded like you took that time and allowed yourself to say, what did I like? What did I didn't like? What do I want to incorporate more? And there wasn't, I think sometimes we think, you know, you say pause, but I think it was just a time to say, okay, I love this. How do I make it more me? It's not a mm-hmm. pause. It was like, it just, a, you know, I think we, we <laughs> such a positive way to look at it. <laughs> I just, I think that we have sometimes are so hard on ourselves of like, well, we're not doing it weekly or we're only doing it this way, or it's like, it's our own creation. We can make it however we want and that's okay. And I think that that freedom that you're giving yourself is like, Lord knows I need to do it more. So I really, there's a lot of power in being like, okay, I'm going to take a second to, to figure out what's, what's working, what's not, and not be like, not be ashamed of it, but be proud of it. Like, I love that. You're just like, so excited about like, I am, I'm going to try this. Let's see is what I was hearing. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I, I think that's exactly, I mean, even the cover, it was so bad. I hated her whole cover and, but I did it partially myself. And I was like, okay, well, it's a podcast. So it needs a microphone on it. It's about traveling the world. So it needs a globe on it. It needs like, I had this rigid sort of non-creative, here's all the things it's supposed to be. And, and the new one, all you see are a pair of shoes standing on top of a map, right? And it's so simple. And yet the moment I saw it, I was like, yeah, it's an open-ended sort of like, where are we going next? Like it's it just, and I loved it. And I'm like, never in a million years when I started, would I have thought about communicating with something so nondescript? And yet it somehow encompasses where I want to take the show, which is, I don't know. Yeah. Pick a place, throw a dart at a map and let's find someone doing something good. Like it's so, it's been um, freeing. So I like that you say it's awesome. (laughs) It was an intentional sort of reset and recalibration, um, which I actually think leads to sort of, you know, the broader purpose of your, your show, which I love, but you know, you always start with like, what's your good news? And you have this remarkable ability to turn everything into a positive, which is so hard. And I would argue right now and the last couple of years, few years in particular at this point in history, for a lot of people, it is so hard to find the good. It's hard to listen to the news, to listen to, you know, the radio or even other podcasts or whatever it is and have hope. So how do you find the good? How do you find the good news? How do you sort of make it 
consistently happen. I, it's funny that there's two things as one, this podcast really was born out of the idea that it was hard to listen to the news. And I, and I would also say, I would also kind of not push back, but it's not always finding the positive. It's finding that when one little nugget to hold on to of good, because I have days where I am not positive or I have moments where I'm like, this isn't going to get better. <laughs> See living in Washington, DC with politics. That's a, no, it's, I think it was just like, I felt like I had to keep making that choice because if I didn't make that choice, I didn't like the person I was becoming. I didn't like the person that was always seeing kind of the glass half empty. And so I think what I'm, what I try to do like personally and with the podcast is just is recognize that there is a little bit of good in each day. And if we focus on that and we hold on to that, it's easier to kind of create from that space versus creating from a space of lack or a a space of it isn't going to get better. And I think that it's all the things that we've talked about of creating places that focus on the good that is out there and that is around us can sometimes feel overwhelming. (laughs) Are you like a positivity podcast? I'm like, I'm the opposite. But I do try to find like some days, like yesterday was I'm going to bed at 8 p.m. That was good for me because I was not having a good day. Wasn't having it. It was just not a good day. But some days it's like we are recording and it we have not, I'm going to knock on wood, had any technical issues in like 15 minutes. So like that is good that I'm going to hold on to. So I know. I just, I just knocked on wood, AKA my head. Um, so I think in like summing up, it's like, it's not always easy. I don't always succeed in it, but I wake up the next day and I'm like, okay, I'm going to write what I'm grateful for. And I feel like finding the things I'm grateful for help me find the things that are good in my life. That's, that's awesome. That's kind of where I'm at. And I think that that is a perfect way for us to bring this puppy home. You know, we've talked a lot about creating good and not letting, you know, the perfect be the enemy of the good and allowing ourselves to create from a space where it's sometimes not easy and sometimes can feel feel overwhelming. We've talked about taking messy action. I mean, so many nuggets in this episode. I want to I want to pose one last question. What would you say to someone who says, yeah, I'm not buying this whole idea that the best is yet to come. How do you kind of push back on them in a, in a kind way of saying what you would say? Wow. I know it's a big question to end it on. There's, well, there's the doctor of public health side of me that would say, you know, had we lived even a hundred years ago, our life expectancy would be like 40 to 50 years old and we'd be dying of some of these crazy infectious diseases. Yeah, right. I mean, we're living longer than ever. We're, you know, traveling more than ever. Like there's so much that if you were to take a snapshot in, in history, we are so far advanced compared to where we were for millennia of human sort of life and and experiences. Uh, 
from like a silly side, I'd say, you know, you look even, we're going through a lot and there's a lot of upheaval and people have talked a lot about, and we both live in DC, which we mentioned, you know, so much talk of violence and things. But if you look at even basic murder rates, like the eighties, so much higher, like we're actually in a really good place. You know, is the world perfect? No, not by any means. Is there room for improvement? Of course, there's a lot of inequality and equity and a lot of ugliness that is really coming to the forefront for a lot of people. And yet, you know, biases and classism, racism, these things have existed throughout, you know, particularly in the U.S., the history of our country. And so we are making progress on so many fronts And so I think, you know, from a few different perspectives, you can look at how much further we have to go, but you could also stop and look back at how far we've come. Mm -hmm. And I think that right there is sort of a stopping in your tracks and going, wow, had I been born in a different place at a different time, my life would be completely different, you know? five out of seven children would have died within the first couple of years of life from the myriad of diseases. And now, you know, we have all these amazing technologies. And so I just, I think there's a lot of ways to look at the good. Um, And then I would also just add one more sort of piece to at least my equation. And that is working in the human rights space and the global health and public health spaces you know, trust me, there is plenty to be upset about. And on any given day, I'm working in human trafficking or food insecurity. I mean, spaces where people's lives are on the line. And yet I look to my colleagues, our interns, our staff, young people, and I am so hopeful. They are dedicated they're curious, they're passionate. They ask thoughtful questions that we, at least I certainly didn't ask at their age, let alone previous generations. And I just, I think about how thoughtful and well-rounded so many people that are, you know, 10, 15, 20 years younger than I am who work for me are. And I'm just like, wow, we're in good hands. There will always be bad actors, but there are some just awesome young people out there ready to change the world. And um, and I get to work with them all the time. So I'm I would say, you know, always look for the good, find the people doing the good. They exist and there are lots of them. Yeah. Cause I think it's easy to it's easy to watch the news and take it at face value, but if you scratch a little deeper. There's like a lot of people doing a lot of amazing things. May that be in DC or in your community. And I think you're so right to look at, I mean, just understanding like social media and technology. I'm like, how do they do it? Negativity equals clicks though. Oh, I mean, ain't that the truth? It's it's an incentive, right? Like it's in their best interest to keep you angry and frustrated and in this like negative scroll what is it called it's like doom scroll yeah doom scroll (laughs) 
don't, yeah, like it exists for a reason. Like, yeah, because you get worked up and then you just stay worked up and you keep looking and it just feeds on itself. Yeah. And you have the ability to stop that, but you have to force your brain to stop. Yeah. It's a choice. It's an active choice. You have to choose to have, to look back and have perspective. You have to choose to appreciate the youths, um, as I say, that are doing amazing, amazing things. But I am just so grateful for this conversation. I'm so grateful for your time, for everything that you do in this world. I'm going to put everything in the show notes of where you can find Nicole, her amazing podcast. Give it a listen. Nicole, thank you so much. For this, Thank I you. so appreciate and it. The same. I am so excited to also put this out and same. Uh, I, if you want to find Catherine and anything related to good news, I will have everything in the show notes and I'll be sure to tag and link. So don't worry, just go look and you'll be able to find it. What a breath of fresh air. Her hope and optimism. What Nicole really brings to this episode was so inspiring. And I think it reminds us that we can create good in our little corner of this world or maybe the globe. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole, for joining. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Your Good News podcast. Like I say every week, if you like this episode, leave a review, subscribe, hit that subscribe button. That way, every Thursday morning, it's already in your podcast inbox, so to speak. And let someone know, let someone know about this podcast. Reach out to me. I'm on Instagram at Catherine Getty. And as always, tune in next week to another episode of the Your Good News Podcast.